As I was traveling, I came near Damascus. All at once, about noon, I saw a bright light from heaven shining around me. I fell to the ground. A voice said to me, Saul, Saul, why do you work so hard against me? I said, who are you, Lord? He said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, the one you are working against. I asked, Lord, what should I do? The Lord said to me, get up, go to Damascus. You will be told what to do there. And Ananias lived there. He obeyed the law and was respected by all the Jews. He came and stood near me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. At once I was able to see him. Then Ananias said, The God of our fathers chose you to know what he wants done. He chose you to see Jesus Christ, the one right with God, and to hear his voice. You are to tell all men what you have seen and heard. Read that again, verse 15. You are to tell all men what you have seen and heard. We recognize your sovereignty. We bow before you as our Lord. We are your people here ready. Speak to our hearts. Deal with us deeply in these moments, we pray. Use our lives for your honor and for your glory. Holy Spirit, open to our understanding this word and change us. Make us. Form us. Prepare us. Ready us that we might go in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him praise right now. Come on, I feel the presence of God in this place. Oh, come on, church. Give him the glory. I have a question for you. So we begin today. And here's my question. Of the billions of humankind to have lived on this earth, how many would you say have lived their lives in a manner worthy of emulation? Think about it with me. Of the billions, of humans who have lived on this earth, how many would you say have lived their lives in a manner 
worthy of emulation. How many have stories worth retelling? Of course, we will never know, but one thing can certainly be argued, and that is barely a handful can claim to have lived in such a way they directed millions toward an eternity in Christ. Barely a handful could ever claim to have lived their lives in such a manner they directed millions toward an eternity in Christ. The Apostle Paul lived such a life, a life which burned so bright His impact on the kingdom of God is at least as strong today as it was when he died nearly 2,000 years ago. Paul was a Christian missionary, the likes of which has never been duplicated. Driven by a passionate desire to reach the Gentile world, he considered no place too far. He considered no people unworthy to hear the gospel. Verse 14 of our text holds keys to Paul's amazing life, which served as a model to those coming after him and living a life focused on God's glory. Verse 14, then Ananias said, the God of our fathers chose you to know what he wants done. He chose you to see Jesus Christ, the one right with God, and to hear his voice. Within this one verse of scripture, verse 14 of Acts 22, great keys are presented and given to us as to really the secret of this man's life. This man who changed the world. A world changer. First, the God of our fathers chose you to know what he wants done. To know what he wants done means to come to full knowledge of God's eternal purpose by way of discovery, to know what he wants done. Ananias, the unknown disciple, living in Damascus, not heard of before or since, was sent by God to meet Paul or Saul of Tarsus after Saul met Christ on the road to Damascus. And Ananias said, the God of our fathers, after laying hands on him and seeing Paul healed, then Ananias said, the God of our fathers chose you to know what he wants done. To come to full knowledge of God's eternal purpose by way of discovery. 
Secondly, to see Jesus Christ, the one right with God. To see Jesus Christ, the one right with God. That means face to face, coming face to face. God has chosen you to come face to face, which means acquaintance with, fellowship with, to the point of understanding what to do. Intimacy, spending time face to face, looking into the eyes of Christ, into the heart, coming to acquaintance, coming to fellowship with, coming to know and understand what is in his heart. What is in the heart of God, the heart of Christ? Lord, what would you have me do? Now listen, according to Galatians chapter 1 and verse 17, Paul himself said that immediately after his conversion, he went into the desert of Arabia, and there he spent three years in the desert of Arabia. Bible scholars put forth, that just as the disciples spent three years with Jesus Christ, so did Paul in the desert, coming face to face with Jesus. We read of no ministry taking place in those three years. All we know is that for three years, immediately after his conversion, Paul was in the desert of Arabia. And there he came, I believe, face to face. In fact, many say that as the disciples were face to face with Jesus for three years, a little over three years, so did Saul of Tarsus or Paul the Apostle come to understand by coming face to face. He began to understand the answer to this question that he asked while he was laying on the road to Damascus, Lord, what should I do? What should I do? This is mission. This is mission. This is the three-year period, I believe, in which Paul received the heart of looking face to face. That intimate time in the desert with Jesus, he, became, he, he came to understand the answer to that question. This is mission. This is mission. And then finally, Ananias said, the God of our fathers chose you to hear his voice. This means to hear and to be informed effectually. To hear and be informed effectually so as to perform that which is spoken. To hear detail, to, to, to be informed effectually, to come to, to, come to grasp to come to discover. I love this word, these words, informed to perform. Informed to perform. Making discovery of all details required to carry out the mission laid out. This is what it's, the emphasis is making discovery of all details. Once we, once we understand the mission, once we, in that coming face to face with Jesus, looking at Jesus, seeing what Jesus 
has in his heart for us, for us, his people. Then we come to hear. Once we receive the vision or the mission, then we come to hear the detail and the outworking that's required to carry out the mission that's been laid out. This is vision. This is vision. Throughout Paul's life of service, Paul heard God's voice discovering the direction and discovering the details on the way forward to completing the mission that God had given him. So awesome. Today we continue part two of our series that we began last Sunday, discovering God's eternal purpose through our mission and vision. Discovering God's eternal purpose through our mission and our vision. We're going to have an amazing time in the Word in these next few moments, as well as coming to grasp and coming to lay hold of our vision. The God we serve has a purpose to be accomplished. How many of you know this? The God we serve has a purpose to be accomplished. And this purpose does not begin today or yesterday, but, it, but in eternity past. This is when the purpose of God was manifest. He made his divine plan manifest through Jesus Christ. The word made flesh. John chapter 1 and verse 14 tells us the word made flesh and dwelling among us. It all centers on Christ Jesus. It's all about Jesus. God's eternal purpose is found in Jesus Christ. It all centers on him who came to this earth with one purpose and for one purpose, and that is to establish his church. This is the purpose. God's eternal purpose is the church. God's eternal purpose is his family in the earth, sons and daughters. God's eternal purpose is the church, and it all centers around Jesus Christ who is the head of the church. And by virtue of his blood being shed on the cross, taking your place and mine, rising again triumphant over death, hell and the grave, on the third day, here we are. Come on. We are God's people who we who have put our faith in that finished work of the cross and that resurrection power, whereas death no longer holds any grip on us, we are his people. We are his church. So God's eternal purpose was to establish his church. This is why Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10 says, so that, the multifaceted wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus 
our Lord. Can we celebrate the fact that Jesus came? Come on, and he made the way for you and I. That eternal purpose was fulfilled through Jesus Christ, carried out rather in Christ Jesus our Lord, and now we, his people, we, his church, those he died for, those he rose again for, are now to see it fulfilled. As God's people, we must discover his eternal purpose for the church and our part of it, and we must live accordingly. We must discover his eternal purpose for the church, and we must live our lives accordingly. I don't know how you're living right now. I don't know what consumes your interest. I don't know what drives you in life. I don't know your goals in life. I don't know your dreams in life. But in these moments that we have together, And in our focus in these next few moments, it is my prayer, has been my prayer, staying before God in these moments that I have with you, that God by His Holy Ghost, God by His Holy Spirit, will take these few moments with you to help us as a people, as a church, as His church, to rise up and once more embrace, once more discover, perhaps rediscover the purpose of it all, the very reason that you're here, the very purpose of what God had, the things that God had in mind for you when he put his hand upon your life and he planted you into his body and specifically into this house if you are a member of Nairobi Lighthouse Church. And that we as one people will come to surrender and give all of our ambitions, all of our dreams, all of our agendas, all of our plans, lay it at His feet and say, for this time and for this moment have we come into the kingdom of God that we might be your vessels, your servants, that we might go forth under your command and truly be the church of Jesus Christ. To make that discovery, it demands that we at NLC embrace our mission and we live by our vision. I want to repeat that. To make that discovery of God's eternal purpose for you and I, here, now, it requires, it demands that we embrace our mission as a local church and that we live by our vision. Listen to me carefully as we move through this. Our mission provides the bedrock for our church to discern its God-given vision. This is why it's so important for you to hear 
and to grasp and to ask the Holy Spirit to really put this into you. Our mission provides the bedrock for our church to discern its God-given vision. It starts with mission. We have to know what we're to do. And out of that vision begins to come. You see, the mission presents what the local church desires and is determined to do. The mission presents what the local church desires and is determined to do. Whereas the vision presents what the local church desires and is driven to be. Oh, you've got to hear this. The mission presents what the local church desires and is determined to do. The vision presents what the local church desires and is driven to be. Mission describes the key objective of our local church. Mission describes the key objective of our local church. Vision singles out the details and specifics for our church to realize our objective. This is why both are absolutely important. This is why Paul the Apostle went into the desert of Arabia three years We know nothing about that three-year period. But we do know when he returned. Just like Jesus, when he returned from the wilderness, he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was in that desert that Paul the Apostle came face to face and began to understand, began to grasp and began to take hold of, began to perceive Christ's mission. So what is the mission of Nairobi Lighthouse Church? We are, we are, and let's say it together. Our mission is to give yourself an amazing hand clap. You guys are on point. Come on, let's say it again. We are, and our mission is to win souls. Come on, that's our mission right there. You want to know the mission statement of Nairobi Lighthouse Church? That's it. That's it. This should be the mission statement of every local church. This is straight out of the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. Last Sunday, as Pastor Kevin was sharing with us last Sunday, we broke this down and we began to go through the various aspects of our, of our, of our, of our mission. And I want to encourage you, if you weren't here, to really, if you haven't already listened, go ahead and listen. Even listen to it again. Now today, for the next few moments, our vision Our vision. Come on, our mission is what we're to do. Out of that, 
You see, the vision presents what the local church desires and is driven to be. Our vision, here we go, advancing God's mission through partnership in kingdom vision. Advancing God's mission through partnership in kingdom vision. (laughs) Advancing God's mission through partnership in kingdom vision. It's all about the kingdom. And it's all about you and I together partnering to advance this kingdom right throughout, starting here in our city, starting here in our communities, starting here in our office, advancing God's mission, AGM. NLC as a registered society is required by law to have annual general meetings. Let me repeat that. NLC as a registered society in Kenya is required by law to have annual general meetings. But you know what? We've never wanted this meeting, the AGM, to be typical. You know, when most people think about AGMs, they start yawning. Or they go try to find a hamburger or something. Most people aren't interested in AGMs. But from the outset, we never wanted AGM to be, our AGMs to be typical. So to make it unique to us, we gave it our own title. Much more in keeping with the DNA of this house. And our annual general meetings are not AGM's annual general meetings. They are advancing God's mission. Come on now. That's what I'm talking about. We do this together through partnership in kingdom vision, advancing God's mission. Man, we have some amazing AGM's. We have some amazing gatherings And even as what you're seeing today in these four-minute video that you saw of our local mission endeavors, my goodness, it's amazing to see a full evening of this, of how faithful God is and how amazing God is. But now we're coming together as God's people, not around just some small little AGM. We are advancing God's mission through partnering together in kingdom vision. And this is so exciting to us. We do this together through partnership. Through partnership. Paul told the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 1 verse 5, For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. Come on, Nairobi Lighthouse Church, you are being called to to partner. If this is the house that God has placed you in, you are receiving a call today to partner, not just to come as a spectator, but to come as a participator to help us advance God's mission through partnering in kingdom vision. Woohoo! 
partners together in establishing God's kingdom by taking the gospel to the world. This was Paul's vision. And this was a great key. That's why he told the church, at Philippi, you've been partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. Partners together in establishing the kingdom of God by taking the gospel to the world, by partnering together to do this. This was Paul's vision, and it was a great key to his success in completing his mission. I want to give you a few key components of our vision for realizing our objective. Remember now, this is so important, and I'm going to start this. I'm not going to finish it. We'll finish it next week. A few key components of our vision for realizing our objective. Number one, first, key component, authentic worship. Authentic worship. Oh, this drives us here. John chapter 4, verse 23, a time will come, however, Jesus said, indeed, it is already here when the true genuine worshipers will worship the Father. The true genuine worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, in reality. For the Father is seeking just such people as these, as his worshipers. Church is more than just music. Come on, I want you to receive this today. I want you to, I want you to grasp this key component to our vision. Advancing God's mission through kingdom partnerships, through partnering in kingdom vision. And such a key component to this is authentic worship. We want to be skilled, not just gifted. It's more than just music. It's, it, it, we, we, we want to be skillful not just gifted. We are concerned and have always been concerned about our content in our worship. From our inception, in 1987, we have sought to guard our purity in worship. True worshipers. We desire and require for example, we desire and require our dancers to minister the song, not simply to make moves. And they have some good moves. Pretty awesome. I taught, I taught them all their moves. I'm just kidding. We desire and require that they Minister the song, not just simply make moves. The moves that they make are to enhance the expression of our heart. Thus we seek to guard the dance carefully. Come on, everybody. It's absolutely nothing for show. It's to give expression, to enhance that expression of what's in our hearts towards God. It's all about magnifying God. And I want to tell you, every individual on this platform has been trained to take this seriously. 
People who can be followed. They're, they're people. Oh, every, everyone on this platform, these are people who can be followed, not just on Sunday, but throughout the week. Come on, that's our vision. That's, that's, that's what we've designed right from the beginning and desired right from the beginning. Secondly, Bible-based teaching. Bible-based teaching. Advancing God's mission through partnership in kingdom vision. What are the key components for our vision, for realizing, of our vision, for realizing our objective, authentic worship? Bible-based teaching. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, Paul said, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. Nothing I said could have impressed you or anyone else, but the message came through anyway. God's spirit and God's power did it, which made it clear that your life of faith is a response to God's power, not to some fancy mental or emotional footwork by me or anyone else. Come on, that's so much says it all right there. We came to Kenya, Miss Amy and I, to raise up a missions church with the vision rallying around what God sent us to do. And from the beginning, in 1987, we have never sought to get caught up in what's trending. From 1987, we've never sought to get caught up in what's trending, but to stay faithful to preach and teach God's word without compromise. Whether it's a mend or not. Amen. <laughs> we have always wanted to be relevant, but not be the coolest. We have always desired to be relevant, but not to be known as the coolest church in town. Come on, I'm talking to us. Come on, we're focusing on our vision and key components that we have to partner together and focus, stay focused together to realize our objective. We preach the word and we preach it strong. And finally, for today, equipping for service. Another key component to seeing our vision realized is equipping for service. When Miss Amy and I first came, we came with one verse of scripture, well, with several, but one in particular that was really the core at the very center of our hearts in what we wanted to, the vision that we had to just having accepted the mission to come, now the vision rallied around this one verse of Scripture. Genesis chapter 14 and verse 14. 
When Abram heard that his kinsman had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men, born in his house. 318 of them. And he went in pursuit as far as Dan. We came with Abraham's vision of training individuals, of training men, and by that I'm speaking generically, from within his own house. This was what drove us. After having spent many, many years in this nation, among the unreached peoples, traveling from village to village to plant churches in the coastal region of the nation with such a passion and such a heart and such a desire to see people raised up to go forth in mission. We connected with a local church in Mombasa where we lived and where we were reaching out from into Lamu and into the other unreached areas of Pate Island and villages along the Tana River crying out for God to give us individuals that would receive this passion and this heart. And so the pastor of the church where we were connected because I believe the local church is the answer to the world. We've always been sent out from a local church and connected to a local church. And I asked the pastor whom I was serving, we were serving there, would you provide and young men in your church that you recommend that can go with me? I, I want to take them with me. And we go from village to village and we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I would take young men from the church. And after some time, I came to the realization, you know what? Great, great guys. But once we returned, I no longer had that place with them because they're obviously under their pastor there and we came to the realization that we must raise up. We must pour ourselves into. We must invest ourselves into one, two, three, five, ten, however many God gives us to train in our own house. So we came with this vision, with this desire to train in our own house and to send out into battle. So here we are, church. God's family. Here we are today. And God has placed you in this house. And here we are today, having given ourselves and continue to give ourselves in equipping and raising up and preparing and readying people to go into this city, into this nation, indeed into the world for the glory of Jesus Christ. So may we, God's people, 
May we be authentic worshipers. May we be well taught and grounded in the word. May we be equipped and trained into this house to go on mission, completing the assignment that God has given us to do in Jesus name. Come on, Lighthouse Church, where are you? We're so excited. We're so happy. We're so grateful to God for every individual, every life that God is allowing us to partner together with. That God will grant unto all of us such a passion to connect or reconnect as we move forward in Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands together. Father, we are so grateful to you and we're so thankful to you. Thank you that you've allowed us the privilege of being family together. God, thank you for our family that you have granted us and allowed us the privilege and the joy of serving and being part of. And we now invite your Holy Spirit to bring some connection and some fusion of our hearts together as your family. That we, your people, we, your church, whom you have called and whom you have raised up, that we truly might be the church in this hour. And we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for placing us in this family. Give us that heart to partner. Give us that passion to see the mission completed, oh God, doing our part, seeing ourselves readied and equipped, Father, to fulfill your purpose, trained and set into this own house. And we give you the glory and we give you the praise. Bless your church. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Oh, come on. Father, we love you. Let's go, everybody, and have an amazing week. Let's go and partner together, continue to stand together for all that God has for us in this place. Remember, Serve Day is coming this Saturday also. Remember, Third Thursday starts at 4 p.m. this week. Have an amazing week, everybody.